Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The best way to stay warm is to, I guess, be in a bubble, which is exactly where our next guest is, literally and figuratively. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, and we're brought to you by Chase J. Wright, one of the best coaches in all of college basketball, joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance J.W. Brought to you by Shelby Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Jay, that is the voice of our Jay. That would be Jay Will. Jay Will's going to jump in here in just a moment. Powerful initials. I just want to say that. Powerful initials. J-Dub, J-Dub. They'll have that convo in a second. Speaking of powerful, I want to mention this. You know, we didn't have a tournament last year, so... Villanova was looking for their third championship in five years. I mean, think about the transient nature of college basketball and the ability for Coach Wright to be in a position to do that. No March Madness last year, of course, we know this past season. So it'll be three and six. And if Jay can win one more, he will join this group of coaches with at least three championships. This is so exclusive. John Wooden, Coach K, Coach Rupp, Coach Williams, Coach Calhoun, Coach Knight. That is it. In the history of college basketball, Coach Wright could be next. Bubbleville coach, November 25th to December 5th, 30 teams, 40 games at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut, southeastern Connecticut. What is it like to be in that sort of controlled environment, playing basketball games, and just thinking about basketball nonstop? Hey, first of all, good morning, guys, and congrats. What a crew you put together, you three. Woo. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you, man. It, it, this is very cool, man. This is very cool. But the the uh, the bubble was was interesting. You know, some of our guys that played in the NBA said that um, the NBA bubble was one of the most difficult things they've they've been through. And and they were uh, down in in Orlando where they could get out and play golf a little bit. You know, we were we were up in Connecticut. It was gray and cold, and we never got outside. And these you know these guys are college guys, man. We we were there on Monday thinking that we were coming home on Friday morning. And um, we kept calling them after each game saying, um, we're gonna, we think about staying for a couple more days and playing another game. So it was very well run. It was very safe. Um, it was, it was challenging for 18 to 22 year olds, you know, to be locked up that long. And I thought our guys, I was proud of our guys. Jay, like teams like Baylor didn't make it because Scott Drew obviously has COVID. How did you guys handle prepping for, I mean, series of games that you honestly have no idea what's going to occur? It seems like such a chaotic environment to prepare for. Yeah, from the from the coaching side, Jay, that that it was. Um, you know, one of the things that's going on now in college basketball that might be interesting is, you know, like when that situation came up with Baylor. What we're doing now is is the 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 doctors from each school. And the athletic directors are just getting on the phone and, and communicating. We were trying to, you know, up until the the day we left, we were trying to figure out, you know, if we could still work it out for them to get up there and play. Um, and then when you get up there, you, you know, they give you opponents a day before, which uh, probably the players liked a little bit better because they didn't they didn't have to do as much prep. But the coaches had to, you know, just get get on. Um, get online, get all the games, and then stay up all night and watch films. So it was challenging, but we're so happy to play, man. Like, everybody just wants to play. Players want to play. And we got the opportunity, and, and that made it great. Coach, how you doing, man? You good? I'm good, Keyshawn. You know, I was at, I was at Hofstra when, oh, when I you know. were the Jets. So I've, <laughs> I've been a Jets fan. I've been a Jets fan all that. So I much love for you, man, even though, even though you went to the Cowboys and I'm a – Eagles guy too, but 
I loved you when you were with the Jets, brother. No, I know that, Coach. So let me ask you this. It, it, obviously, this virus has been spreading throughout the country and other places in athletic departments, in college football, the NBA, the NFL. What protocols do you have in place for your team just in case there's a small outbreak? Well, you know what? It, it, that, it's really interesting because if, if you – any of us can think back to when we were 18 to 22 when we were in college and, and what we did and how we lived. And these guys, our guys, when we first got back, we said, okay, let, let's have a team. We did a kind of like collective bargaining agreement. We, you know, we, we Zoomed with the parents. We Zoomed with the players. And we said, how are we going to do this? And we said, okay, you can, your girlfriends can visit you, but you can't be out. All right. Well, that lasted about a month and then the whole, we, we, we got shut down. And, and um, so when we came back, we had like a 23 day quarantine from the end of September into October. When we came back, we, we had another collective bargaining agreement. We said, all right, how are we going to do this? And the guy said, like, we got to create our own bubble because we want to play. So our guys literally are in their apartments. We have three apartments on the same floor. No one else can enter. They get all their meals here at, at our practice facility. They don't go out. They don't go to restaurants. They don't see their girlfriends. They don't visit family. That, that's crazy, right? I mean, they're, they're doing that on their own. It, it's, it's pretty impressive. Jay, I've heard Jay Billis mention this multiple times over my span doing college basketball, that refs shouldn't get paid per game that they ref. They should be on a fixed salary from the NCAA. How nervous does it make you about these refs traveling from game to game uh, just trying to understand like what the concern level is that with that and the protocols in place? You know, that was the number one concern when we met to, to start the season, that we felt like we have protocols that are consistent amongst conferences and, and amongst teams. The, the challenge is for referees who have to, who have to travel. And um, so they, they did make adjustments this year, Jay. Like, you know, from when you played, you, know, you could get a guy – you know, could do a game, you know, he could do a Duke Carolina game on Monday night and Tuesday, he could be in Kansas city doing a Kansas game. You know, Mm -hmm. they're keeping them, they're keeping them in within regions uh, to keep it safe. They are going through the same protocols, testing three times a week. We have specific rules where you can actually start a game with only two referees. If, if one of them um, tested positive before you can even, for the only this year, if if something happened to one of the referees, let's say you started with two, one of them got hurt. You can even complete a game with one referee now, which previously was not hmm. allowed. But they are they're they're preparing for that this year. Coach Jay Wright of Vinalova men's basketball team, two-time national champion, joined us here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Coach, what do you want to continue to see from uh, Colin Gillespie this season? Oh, he, he's um, he's a, a really, really tough kid, great leader. And I, I just had a talk with him yesterday about um, the fact that he, he's got to be uh, aggressive offensively regardless of what our team needs. He's, he's one of those guys, he's, he's such a great leader. He, he's really unselfish. Uh, like, we, we just played Hartford, and, and you know, we, we, we won by – a good margin and he was just setting everybody up and I'm, I'm trying to teach him that um, you, you got to be a killer, not just when we need it, but you just got to be a killer. Every second you're on the court, be, be aggressive, make the right play. Even if, if you got to get 30 and, and you know, and you know, we don't need it, do it. 
because that's that's who you are. And and um, sometimes he can be a little too unselfish, but but because of that, his teammates have such great respect for him. We we've had some great leaders here in this program. He 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 might be the best we've had. Jay, you face Saka Smart in Texas this weekend coming up. What are the keys to the matchup? How do you control the game? They're really athletic, as you know, Jay. Man, they, they up front, their depth is is incredible with length and athleticism. Even though Brown and Sims start up front, those guys they they bring guys off the bench. Um, I think we gotta we gotta make sure um, that we use our bench, which I I kind of screwed up a little bit in our Virginia Tech game because I I trust our veterans so much. We we gotta we gotta play eight nine guys because they've got great depth, and then their guards. Um, it's it's interesting. They use their depth up front, but Coleman, Ramey, and and Jones at the at the guard spots. Those guys are playing like thirty four, thirty five minutes a game. They're really the keys. Like we we got to keep them in check, not getting into the lane, making plays, throwing it up to their bigs. We got to keep the, those guys out of the lane. They, they're they're really good. I think this is Shaka's best team since he's been there. All right, coach. Enough talk about basketball or about COVID. Let's get to the real issue here. Uh, you've been called the George Clooney of college basketball for a very long time. You have incredible. That's fading fast, man. <laughs> All right. you, you know me from the old days. That's fading fast. I, I don't know. I don't know about it, man. You know, it's like wine. It gets better in time. Uh, Shaka <laughs> Smart, you, you know, you have great hair. Shaka Smart has been growing out his hair. Uh, so for this matchup, are we going to expect like a different level of suit that you're going to wear to this game? Are you going to step it up? What, what, what can we expect here? You know what, Jack? First of all, Shaka looks like. 15 years younger, man, growing that hair out. He's Which got, is hard to do, good. right, for shock. <laughs> he looks good, man. He looks good. Looks like he, he looks like a young kid. Uh, I wish I could do it. I wish I, find a, I could find a way to do that. <laughs> but, um, hey, I'm go, you know, Jay, we're going with, um, we're going with, like, golf pants and, and uh, you know, and, and, and polos, man. We're, we're not going suits this year. And I, I, I know I, I have a reputation, but I, I like it. I hope we stay with this, man. I'm, I'm definitely with the, the golf pants and polo shirts, man. I, 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 that's when we do that for you know like the games in Florida or the Bahamas. I'm always more comfortable with that. So we're going with that all year, man. Jay, you're the only coach I know that I can see you on the sideline for a full 40 minutes of the game, and I don't see any sweat. I don't know how you do it. It's amazing, though. Good players, man. You know that. That's, <laughs> that's the key. Good players. Nice. When you when you don't have good players, you're sweating. Trust me. <laughs> There's no doubt. You saw Jay's reaction when uh, Jenkins hit that shot to win the championship. Almost no reaction. That's how cool and calm of a customer he was. Texas Villanova one Eastern Sunday on ESPN. Coach, thank you so much. Best of luck outside of the bubble, and we'll see you hopefully at March Madness 2021. Thanks, Coach. Hey, thank you guys. Good talking to you. Good luck with your show, man. Right, Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Coach. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset, touchdown or fourth quarter comeback, and let it move you. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Let's make some money. One man to beat, and he does it. Into the end zone, touchdown. 40 yards, Raheem Mostert. Wow, what an opener here for the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen. The scariest guy in the league, in the red zone. That indeed is hard to argue with. Let's get into the NFL and more with our Joe Fortenbaugh ESPN Daily Wager. You can watch the show Tuesday through Friday, 6 Eastern on ESPN2. There's also a Sunday edition of the show as well because Sunday's a huge betting day with the NFL. I want you 
to line up the calls, 888-SAY-ESPN, Key J and Z on Twitter, whatever you want to ask Joe about gambling. He is game and ready to go. Joe, we just played a little audio there. Niners, Bills, ready to go on Monday Night Football. It's a pick 'em, and I know you got some thoughts on this right out of the gate. Surprised the Niners are not the favorite here. The money has been coming in on San Francisco, and that's where I will find myself come Monday when these two get together in Arizona. Nobody calls a rushing attack or plans a rushing attack better than Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan, who, oh, by the way, has a team that's finally getting healthy as we get to the latter stages of the season. Now, there's still some key players who are going to be out, but they got Richard Sherman back last week. The offensive line's getting healthy. The running back position's getting healthy. And that's going to be the key because Buffalo's one weakness this season has been defending the run. 25th against the run this year, tied for 26th in opponent yards per carry. If the Niners are able to establish the rush, they will be able to control the tempo. They will be able to control the clock. They'll be able to put Buffalo in an unfavorable situation. I would play the Niners on Monday. Let me ask you this, Joe, because I'm sure I don't, I'm not 100% sure if it's on the board or, they, or you even studied up on it, but the Coastal Carolina-BYU game, what's the story on that one? Absolutely. That's a great question as well. BYU's laying 10. The total is sitting at about 61.5 or 62. Difficult game to handicap because it came together on such short notice. So you've got to ask yourself, is there an advantage for Coastal Carolina playing at home? Is there an advantage for BYU who's kind of been sitting around waiting for another opponent, planning for contingency strategies? What I think personally is the overs the way to go here. I'm going to bet the over on 61.5 points. BYU is averaging over 40 points per game this season. I think they've hung 40 or more in 8 of 9 contests. Coastal Carolina is hanging about 38 per game. Now, this is going to be a tougher challenge for these two teams based on what they've seen this season, especially for BYU. But I think if you have short time to get ready, you can still come out and run your offense, especially BYU with Zach Wilson. But defensively, that's where I think you'd need the time to pick up the tendencies and to really put together a plan that could limit the opposition. If you don't have the time or the familiarity, I think that benefits the offenses. I'd be betting a lot of scoring here. I'm playing the over. Before I let you go to Jay, who's over here tweaking to get in on this betting. <laughs> you know me, Joe. I want to ask you about Alabama. Currently a 29-point favorite uh, against defending national champions in Death Valley. Would you lay a massive number with the tie? Okay, generally here, the answer to that would be yes. Anytime you find Nick Saban in the Tide in a, quote, revenge spot, they tend to hammer the opposition. Revenge spot being a team that they lost to the previous season that they have a chance to get back at. A lot of handicappers will say the revenge angle doesn't mean a whole lot. It's already cooked into the line. It's overvalued. And by and large, that's true. But Saban has a history of laying the wood to guys who beat him the year before. Look at what happened with Auburn last week. Saban has now lost to Auburn five times in his career. Okay, five times since he got to Alabama. He's come back the next year to beat him five times, cover the spread five times. He's beaten him by an average of almost 28 points per game in those games. He sticks it to him. The year he lost to Clemson in the national championship, he came back the next year in the college football playoff and hammered him there, and he's done the same to LSU. The problem for me is that this is a huge number, huge number, considering the fact that these guys went out and did the same thing to Auburn last week, right? So you get up to hammer an opponent, a rival that beat you last year, and then you've got to do it again the following week. There's a lot of points to cover, so I would look to the under, believe it or not. I think Bama's defense is going to come to play. LSU's offense has had a ton of problems this season. We just saw that on display last week against Texas A&M. Bama does what they need to do. Maybe they cover 
45 to 10, maybe it's 40 to 20, something like that. But I see us getting under the total, which is sitting somewhere around 67 points. Mm-hmm. Just nodding that down right now. He's under sitting over here writing things down. Here he comes, ledger. everybody. Clear the runway. Here he comes. All right, Joe, let's go. Let's get right into it. College basketball number one versus number two. Uh, coming up uh, this weekend, Gonzaga versus Baylor. Zags are a slight three-point favorite. What do you like? Man, I mean, Gonzaga has been outstanding this season, right? Outstanding. Although I will say, if there's something to take away from what we've seen in some of these first few games, don't sleep on West Virginia, all right? They've got a lot of experience that came back. They covered that number against Gonzaga. They hung in the whole way. Huggy Bear's got a nice team at his disposal. I got to bring up the total. I'd be thinking over here. I'd be thinking over based on all the points we're seeing. Going into the Gonzaga game and then going into Baylor's game against Illinois, Baylor tends to play at a slower tempo. Right, They play at a slower tempo. They play very good defense. But this is a beast unlike any in which they've seen in I don't know how long. So a lot of these games, what you see, and this is what ends up burning me on occasion, is that like in the Baylor-Illinois game, I played the under. And in the first half, as teams are feeling themselves out, as they're getting used to one another, as they're trying to set up their offenses, you tend to see a lower scoring game in the first half. Then they come out after making adjustments at the half, and they blow the doors off the opposition. Both teams, we saw that in the Baylor game. Slow first half, fast, high scoring second half. I'd be paying attention to that. I'd be looking to the over. Maybe if you like in-game wagering, hang back a little bit early and get a feel for the game. If they start slow because of the Baylor tempo, wait for the in-game total to drop and then jump in on that and play the over. Okay. With that being said, what are some of your NFL plays for week 13? Look at you getting the follow-up questions as well. They know I, how much Because I, I want to have all the questions, Joe. Let's be honest. I have a lot of questions <laughs> to ask. Tough card this weekend in the NFL. I'll start with this. I would play Atlanta plus the points against New Orleans. New Orleans is on a hot streak. The public's going to be all over them. No one likes Atlanta. But under Raheem Morris, the team's gone 4-2. and two. The key here is the situation. New Orleans and Atlanta are getting together for the second time in two weeks. They just met each other two weeks ago. Since 2000. When teams play and then meet again two weeks later, the team that wins the first game is 7-18-1 against the spread in the second game. Wow. We just saw this play out last weekend with Indianapolis and Tennessee. They had played on a Thursday night. Indianapolis went to Tennessee and won. 17 days later, they play in Indianapolis. Tennessee makes the adjustments, and they hammer the Colts. I think the same thing happens here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons won the game outright. It's not just the trend. It's the fact that... Taysom Hill is a very unique quarterback, and Atlanta got him without having seen much game tape at all on him, right? So now Raheem Morris, a defensive-minded head coach, he's got the opportunity to sit back, spend a couple weeks figuring out what they want to do and figuring out how they want to protect Matt Ryan because he was under crazy duress in that first game. I would go ahead and play the Atlanta Falcons plus the points. Love the spot for them. I'd also play the Lions taking on the Bears. Give me the three with Detroit. The last we saw of them, puke that was disgusting on thanksgiving so bad they fired the general manager and the coach well this year we've seen that's worked out for teams houston fired bill o'brien they came back the next week they won and they covered against jacksonville atlanta fired dan quinn they came back the next week they won and they covered against minnesota excuse me so now you've got a spot here where detroit gets rid of matt patricia either a they're going to be really happy he's gone or b they're going to find some guilt in themselves that they got their coach fired either way i think you get a better performance meanwhile the bears don't score any points they can't move the ball up and down the field they've been terrible no matter who's playing quarterback this season i'd say give me detroit plus the three here i wouldn't be surprised if they shocked chicago last thing for you here joe 
Uh, does any line movement occur when a game is, let's say, between Dallas and Baltimore is played on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday afternoon? Just you know how the rigidity with the NFL goes. Everybody is always doing thing at this moment, at this second. Does that fluctuation in start time or movement of games affect the line in any way? Yeah, generally what you'll see is that the line, when these games get postponed or moved today, you'll see the lines come off the board. Uh, because generally, you got to check the rules at your sports book this year more so than ever before. But what will happen is the tickets are written and their action if the game is played on the day it's supposed to be played. So if you had made a bet on this game when it was scheduled for Monday and then it gets postponed to Tuesday, what will happen is all those tickets are refunded. So you'll have to remake the bet. The numbers will come off the board, and then they'll go ahead and reestablish the number when everyone feels confident that the game's going to go forward. So we saw this with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. The line was Pittsburgh minus four on Thanksgiving, and then it got to about as high as Pittsburgh minus ten and a half. It got yanked off the board when it got postponed on that Tuesday. It came back out around ten the following day. So you'll see a lot of action taking place in terms of it being pulled off the board, put on the board. But generally, unless any sort of crazy information like more COVID positive tests or a random fluke injury at the last second come up, the number will probably be the same as you saw it earlier in the week. Good stuff. You can catch Joe tonight on Daily Wager, six Eastern on. ESPN2. Catch the Sunday edition. Catch their digital show, Bet. It's on Facebook, all the social media platforms. It's an absolutely great, great primer good for stuff, your sports Joe. betting weekend. Have a good weekend, Joe. Guys, you know how I do. I always put one up at the buzzer. Play Auburn plus the points as well. They were humiliated against Alabama. Nobody wants anything to do with them. a and going to be pressing a little bit because they want to impress the committee. Take the six and a half, seven if you can find it with the Auburn Tigers. Mm. How about that? There's some good value right. there with A&M having that great season. Maybe Auburn can spoil money. it. <laughs> Rent money. On the way, <laughs> taking a moment to honor the legacy of one of the most beloved sportscasters of all time. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. African Americans die from cancer more than any other ethnic group in the U.S. In honor of my friend and fellow fraternity brother, Stuart Scott, I am proud to announce that ESPN and the V Foundation are partnering with Alpha Phi Alpha to fight cancer. This December, join us in the Give and Go to Fight Cancer campaign. Please give a donation to the Stuart Scott Fund. And go schedule an appointment to get screened for cancer. 100% of your donation will support minority scientists and research dedicated to fighting disparities among African-American and minority cancer patients. Together, we can win the fight. 
Yes, you can. Those are the two voices of two of my colleagues, two of our colleagues, Stan Verrett and Jay Harris. Great to hear both of those voices. We're going to talk to Jay here in one moment. And it is important to note that many minorities, especially when it comes to cancer, are afflicted at an inordinately high rate. So research needs to go there across the board. And as Jay said, 100% of your proceeds and donations, 100% of your donations go directly to fight cancer research. It's a pleasure to welcome Jay Harris. You see him on SportsCenter all the time. Uh, and welcome him inside Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. So the Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity that Jay just mentioned, the first intercollegiate black Greek lettered national fraternity was founded, fellas, today. Today is the anniversary, December 4th, 1906 at Cornell University. And as a result of the anniversary, they're going to be launching the Give and Go to Fight Cancer campaign to support the V Foundation and Stuart Scott's personal Fund, our late great colleague. We encourage you to give a donation to the V Foundation Stuart Scott Fund and go, as Jay said, schedule that medical appointment to get screened. Stan said it too for cancer. For more information, v.org slash A Phi A A P H I A. Good morning, Jay. Um, tell us about this new partnership in greater detail. Man, uh, you hit all the good points. You hit all the fine points. I mean, the uh, V Foundation and started the Stuart Scott Cancer Research Fund after Stuart passed away in 2015. He was a he was a champion for cancer research. We all saw him fight the good fight for many many years to try and beat cancer, uh, and in many ways he did. You know, so this is just continuing his legacy and trying to save other people at the same time. Never thought that I would be interviewing you, but that's great to know. <laughs> Never did you think in a million years, right, Jay? I was thinking about this last night. I said, this is odd. This is strange. Normally yeah, we like it, doing Jay. This, but okay. We like it, though, Jay. <laughs> yeah, you're on, the other, reversal. you're on the other side now. Let me ask you this question, though. Um, there's a significant disparity in research dedicated in fighting cancer in our community, African-American community and patients. How will this fund help us? 100% of what we raise goes to uh, the Stuart Scott Fund, which goes to help us. I mean, this is a whole month-long awareness and fundraising campaign, and hopefully we can extend it longer. Um, that's where it's going. It is going directly to us. And doing things like this gets the word out to us as we try to get folks to to, to give $19.06, play on the fraternity founding day, founding year, uh, and to go get cancer, go get screened. So this awareness, this conversation, the, the money going directly to the Stuart Scott Fund, which was to help us, that's how it does. Jay, why is this partnership so significant to you? Man, Jay Will, um, I'm looking at my bookcase now, and I see Stuart's book, uh, every day I fight and he just means so much to me personally. I mean, all of us have our Stuart stories. I mean, just watching Stuart learning about, uh, his broadcasting career, his style and how many embraced his style and how many didn't and how he had to fight through that. Um, fighting through his rise at ESPN fighting through when he got his initial cancer diagnosis and 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 we watched him publicly go through that so i mean the fact that he's my fraternity brother that's 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 fine and all but stuart was just stuart it was just stuart man and to do something to honor him that's why it means that much to me 
Jay, as you continue to push the initiative and raise the funds, what would you tell people who are considering uh, donating to the fund to push them to make the donation? Well, we've talked about the statistics, uh, which, I mean, I didn't know that it affected us uh, more than it affected other folks. This is a whole learning experience for me. And I would tell them to go get screened. I would tell them to schedule an appointment with your doctor to go get screened. Because you know, bro, you know how bros don't like to go to the doctor. No. We wait. We feel something. I, I ain't going. I'm, I, I'm okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to drink some, I don't know, some something. I'm a, whatever. I'm not, go, I'm not going to the doctor. Go to the doctor, man. You feel something? Go. If your annual, if your annual physical, go. Just go. Yep. Go get tested. Go get checked. Change the narrative. Change the practice. Just go. Last thing for you, Jay, um, what makes this particular fraternity, you know, this is the first day I'm learning about this particular fraternity. Key and Jay are familiar with it. I would imagine a lot of our listeners are learning about this for the first time. This particular fraternity, what makes it so important to the African-American community? Well, Zubin, as I like to say, we were the first. Uh, <laughs> and it set, it set the, 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 the path for the Divine Nine. Um, it, I mean, 114 years ago today at Cornell University, um, seven young black men who we call the jewels, they recognized the need for a strong bond of brotherhood between black men. And they came up with this idea of let's start a fraternity. And then that blossomed to other black Greek fraternities to subsequently follow to Omega Psi Phi, Kappa Alpha Psi, Phi Beta Sigma, and the ladies Alpha Kappa Alpha, Delta Sigma Theta, Sigma Gamma Rho, Zeta Phi Beta. It, it just, it, and it, 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 it just kept going. So, I mean, they like to call us the granddaddies because we're the oldest, and that's fine. I'll be a granddaddy. But uh, that's, that's, what it, that's what it means. We, we started something that's really special. You know, Jay, I didn't even know you were Alpha, man. I didn't know you were alpha. I almost called you a granddaddy. You took the words out. You know I'm a sigma, right? No, I did not know that. Well, now you know. So we can we can pass when we see each other in the hallways. But respect, Absolutely. seriously, so much respect for what well, you guys are doing, man. It, it's I, really well, incredible. Thank, thank you. I'm a sigma too, uh, Jay. Blue fight. You, you, you know. You know. Kid. I did not know that. No, I ain't no, no, sig- I ain't no, no sigma, sigma, man. I'm just teasing. Oh, man, <laughs> I had you all hype. Ha uh-huh, ha, very funny. <laughs> I just, hey, I just did that because I know that you are alpha and I just felt like I need to scream out blue fire even though I'm not. That's all. Blue fire? And Jay, Jay, you <laughs> but it's okay. You I don't story, mind. Right? When, I, when I was at ODU, we had a really special relationship with the Sigmas on our, on our campus. We had our own handshake. It was that. We were that tight. It was, it was funny. And my, my wife's a Zeta. So, I mean, you know, it's all love. That's it is all love. Let, let me ask you, though, before we let you go, Jay, just knowing me, looking at me, what would I be? You? Give it a Q. No, I think Q. Uh, no, nah, you'd be a Kappa. I knew be you was Kappa. But see, I knew you was going to say Kappa. I am not a pretty boy, Jay. So stop. <laughs> no, but you think you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jay, our boy, our, boy, our boy Alan in the studio said, Key ain't got no shoulders to be a Kappa, man. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is different talk. Sorry no, about Q, that. Man. You know, I'm sorry, Z. Those thick neck Q dogs, man. 
And on the way out the door, if you can, we encourage you today to give a donation to the V Foundation Stewart Scott Fund. Totally understand everybody's got their own personal hardships going on at this particular moment. But if you can give a donation to the V Foundation Stewart Scott Fund, remember, as Jay so eloquently said, 100 percent. That was the first words out of his mouth with that question. 100 percent of the donations will go right to cancer research. And as Stan and Jay said, go schedule a medical appointment to get screened for cancer. That's for the fellows out there. And we know most people listening are men. So get in gear. For more information, visit V.org slash A-F-I-A. That would be V.org A-P-H-I-A. Jay, it was so great to catch up with you this morning. Thank you, man. Thanks for what you're doing, brother. Keep it going. Good talking to you guys. I miss y'all. Miss right. you too, my man. Same to you. Last thing I want to quickly mention about the impact of Stuart Scott. For those that are young, and I'm sure most people are aware of Stu. I mean, obviously he passed away just five years ago and had an indelible impact on many people. People don't remember this. Uh, five years ago, there was a, a wildcard playoff game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason I bring this up is the game was played on the day that Stuart died, which was January 4th of 2015. Think about how many people would get this treatment. The Colts asked for a moment of silence at the stadium for a sports broadcaster. And I'm not diminishing that job. I do it. But think about it. That's for heads of state. That's for community leaders. That's for somebody that made an indelible impact in a game. Stu was more than a sportscaster, but just think about how much he was loved beyond sports when an NFL playoff game with 30, 40 million people ready to watch at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. Let's go. It's the playoffs. Let's stop for a moment to honor a sportscaster. He was way more than a sportscaster, and that is why he was on. Oh, absolutely. And you, you said it big. I mean, he was bigger than a sportscaster. A no cultural doubt. icon. He was cooler than the other side of the pillow. We want to talk about hot quarterbacks next. We will. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Fellas, the NFL MVP right now is... Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes back to pass. Pressure coming hard. They are still the best team playing football in the world. It's because of their quarterback. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Here we go. It's always week to week. The quarterback rankings. We live and die with these sorts of things based on performance. And I think we know who's at the top, but we'll find out who the fellas think are in their top oh, yeah. five. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com. Slash Straight Talk limitations and exclusions apply. The bar has been set. 
by NFL.com. They come out with their rankings weekly on the top five quarterbacks in the league. So I'm just going to reel off what the league's official website is opining, and then we'll get the guys' thoughts. NFL.com, number one quarterback in the league for them. Obvious, Patrick Mahomes, we all agree. Number two, they have Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Deshaun Watson. Mm. Number four, Russell Wilson. And this is like a Keys Real ranking. It's not even five, it's six. Okay, they have a tie at five between Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill sneaking into the top five. Mahomes, Rodgers, Watson, Wilson, Murray, and Tannehill. All right, so that's what NFL.com says. Key, what do you say? Let's go from one to five. Well, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes at number one, Aaron Rodgers at number two, Russell Wilson at three, Big Ben at four, and Deshaun Watson at five. Well, I got Mahomes at one, two, Rodgers, three, Wilson, four, Watson, and five, Kyler Murray. Indeed. Okay, so I just took a look at the uh, top five for our ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky, coming in at number uh, coming in at number six, just out of the top five, Carson Wentz. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's the lone survivor out there with Carson Wentz. We had to joke with Dan there, though. Okay, so here's the biggest difference. Ben Roethlisberger made your list key at number four, but, Jay, I don't see him anywhere nope. in your top five. Why? What's up? I, I, I just... I never expect Ben Roethlisberger to throw for 450 yards and have five TDs. I never expect him to throw for 130 yards with three INTs. You know, uh, I just feel like at the end of the day, Kyler Murray has more yards. He's a better completion percentage, and he's rushed for 650 yards as opposed to Ben's 13, and he has 10 rushing TDs. I think that gives him an advantage. You're going to get fired. That's okay. No, I'm not. That's on you. No, I'm not. I'm allowed to have my opinion. Subjective, Keyshawn. It's it's fine. I'm not saying your opinion is wrong. It's your opinion, but – I think when you look at I, – I, I don't look at the statistical side of it, as I always say to you guys. I'm looking at what I see with my eyes. Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill combined. I, 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 I just – he is. I don't care if he had a bad day and threw three interceptions. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, we all know what that is. And Deshaun Watson, Big Ben team is 11-0, last I checked. They also have that, one of the best defenses there is in the game of football. Last I checked, they are scoring points on offense. They are doing those things and winning the Steeler way. So, you know, I I would love to to uh, cast a poll and see if Ryan Tannehill and Kyler Murray and Ben Roethlisberger was on the board despite the ages. Who would they select first? I mean, it just it's not, yeah, I don't, NFL Network or NFL.com has their own reasoning for doing what they do. We have ours, and I like ours. Now, one other distinction is that Jay has Kyler Murray in his list, and I know you just mentioned the Murray-Tannehill thing, but that's a guy that is not in your top five. So where would he fall for you? Ryan Tannehill is probably on the back half of the 10, 9-10, because I got guys like Jared Goff, even though he played bad last week, ahead of Ryan Tannehill. What about Murray? Because uh, Jay's got Murray coming in at number five. But I have, have on your list. I have Jared Goff ahead of Murray. I don't – look, M- Murray is doing what he does within this system, and you can't fault him for that. But there's so much limitations to what he can do. I don't, I don't want to be a poo-poo guy about his ability, but clearly you can see – what these defenses have defenses have done to him in recent weeks. 
You keep him in the pocket. You allow him to try and throw over those bigger defenders and don't let him get on the perimeter where he can see, and you have an advantage on the situation. I understand he's been able to scamper and get some big runs and do those sort of things. Let's see what happens this week against the number three defense in the Rams. Are we not having – were there not rumors circling around about whether the Rams were going to bench Jared Goff? No, that's just – He's not, he's not having never a better benching, season than Kyler Murray. never benching he's Jared He's not Goff. having a better season than Kyler Murray. How could you have I, him ranked ahead of him? I think he's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray, but that's just me. Is he having a better season than Kyler Murray? Statistically, he – No, I'm asking you, as, as a quarterback, is he having a better season? I would say – that the couple games that he's had bad games, the Miami game in the last game against the 49ers were bad football games okay. for him. They were bad games. That's just bad games. But also can point to bad games that Ryan Tannehill's had, Kyler Murray has had, Josh Allen has had. I can we, point to games. We were talking about Kyler Murray being somewhat in the MVP conversation. I never said that he was in the MVP uh, come on, conversation Keith, he's like that. a phenomenal year. It, we, it just sounds I, like you have I a lot can't. of Arizona Cardinals. I can't. I'm hate just in your blood. It's not it feels like Arizona the beginning Cardinal we started talking hate about the Cardinals. It's reality. I hate this air raid system. It's Dude. cute. A little quarterback. Did, did you watch it's what happened in Kingsbury? Them? Did you watch the I New watched, England I'm game? I watched. I'm to the Rams too. Did you watch the New England game? I did watched, you I'm, watch the Seattle oh game? Oh my goodness! Did you see his statistics outside of the long hail mary throw against the Bills? He was under 200 yards. When you got a wide open offense like that, you should be you didn't care about under statistics. 200 yards. I thought you didn't care about statistics. No, I'm you just, just telling you, didn't you care about statistics. I'm just telling you for you I to know take for, a pension to it because you care about the statistics. I care about the W's. That's all I care about. We're and pre- I don't think you're going to get enough W's in the air raid with Kyler Murray. We're That's presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on <laughs> this the show. This is Shell not Penn first take. Stop yelling. Why are you angry? When you're we the return, the one and only one way he changes his mind on Murray. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.